Welcome to the Top Business Leaders Podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome my new best friend, John D. Simone. How are you, John? Thank you uh, for having me on your show today. Appreciate it. Okay, great. Great to have you here. Now, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you? Sure. Um, my name is John D. Simone. I started um, uh, writing about 20 years ago. I'd always wanted to be a writer, and my way into, into writing came um, uh, not directly, kind of indirectly. Um, I started out as a freelance editor where I edited um, all types of books. And then I moved into, um, uh, in the meantime, I was always writing fiction, not having much success. So wanting to make a living, I started writing books for other people. And that's actually turned out to be quite successful. Um, Well, great. What what kind of books do you write? Well, I started out writing um, self-help books. And um, then I... Because of my fiction craft, I fell into writing memoirs. And memoirs are, are a distinct genre, different from biography. Um, and memoirs are used, it's probably the most flexible genre out there today. Because uh, business people use it, um, housewives use it. Anyone who has a story can use it. And it can be uh, instructive, it can be sentimental, it can be... Um, tragic, it can be um, enduring, it can be triumphal. So it can be anything you want it to be, whatever your story is. And um, from a business perspective, the, the business memoir um, as a quasi self help book is very, very popular. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a businessman telling their story, how they achieved what they achieved pitfalls, through the lessons. Um, we were just speaking for the show, one of the um, number one best-selling business book right now is Bob Iger's story, 15 Lessons I Learned Working for Disney. And he tells it, you know, consecutively as a story. Um, my favorite all-time business memoir is uh, Phil Knight's Shoe Dog. Uh, beautiful story. So well done. Why do you like it? Um, he, he did a couple of things that, um, that just worked so well. It's a memoir that, uh, and a memoir is, um, defined as a slice of a person's life or experience, not a biography, which is the A to Z, birth to death. So in the memoir, you're telling, you know, you're cutting out what happened in a certain period to get down to the main theme. And the main theme of Phil Knight's book is what it took 18 years to endure um, the ups and downs of the business till the day he went. So from the day he, he had the idea until the day the book went public, 18 years. And um, he did an excellent job, a real solid arc, beautifully written. 
and uh, brought in all of the main players and stuck to his theme. And that's a good, that's a good uh, business. That's a good business. You learn, the reader learns through his experience what he did right, what he did wrong. And so that's, that functions as a business book. Um, beautifully done. So I, uh, it, it really is, anyone interested in doing a business memoir would look at that and read it and say, this is what I want. Cool. What fiction techniques have you used to make your books, your business books, more interesting? Okay, the fiction has really influenced memoir um, from the point of view and, and what makes it a memoir distinct from, say, a pure business book, a thought leadership book, is um, it takes storytelling into the uh, front office, into the into the, the C-suite. Storytelling um, is about creating a feeling, uh, creating emotion, and using what's called a story arc. So the story arc is what really distinguishes a memoir, whether it be a personal memoir, uh, uh, you know, a memoir of a child growing up in an alcoholic family to a memoir of a man who loves to run and comes up with an idea for a new shoe that would make running easier, better, faster, and how he brought that shoe to market and built a huge company. The story arc, in a simple terms, is the emotional underpinning of the story. And the outward story is what happened. The inner story is how the character changed as a result of what they learned. And that's the essence of a memoir, as distinct from a biography. So take Bob Iger's book uh, that's on the bestseller list right now, 15 Lessons I Learned. Those lessons transformed him, made him into a different executive. That's the inner story. Um, At its root, it's emotion. And that's what novelists do best. They create an emotion. They create a feeling. They create a sense of immediacy that you're right with this character, going through what they're going through, experiencing what they're experiencing. So um, the reader just walks away and go, wow, that's what it takes to be successful. So as opposed to 10 rules on being successful, um, 15 ways um, to achieve your dream. you know, you might not have to use the storytelling technique. You just tell them 15 ways. So the memoir is a unique tool that can be shaped for any story uh, to leave the reader with a sense of achievement, of growth, and um, of working through tragedy um, to, to achieve the end that you want. Perfect. That, that's that's fascinating. I'm curious, how do you get those stories out from your clients? What is the interview <laughs> process like? A lot of talking. <laughs> and, uh, um, the 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 first blush when you start talking to when I start talking to um, uh, a new client is they will tell me what happened. You know, they will tell me. I did this and then this and then this. So 
you obviously let them talk, and then we circle back around to it, and we begin to talk about. So let's let's go back to that incident on the road when you were running, and you thought about developing a shoe. And I'm just using this as an mm-hmm. example. What was going through your mind? And it's a lot of talking, and it allows them to revisit the the experience so that I can recreate that as a story. And that's that's the essence of, of memoir writing, which, again, makes it distinct from autobiography or biography because that's given us the top story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of talking. It's a developing a relationship of trust that they can trust me with what was going on inside. And then it's creating scenes out of that, getting enough detail out of them so that we can tell a complete story. And it's a lot of back and forth. Mm-hmm. How long does the it, process take? A good memoir could take eight months to a year. Wow. Yeah. A short memoir might take less. Um, I'm giving you the, um, not worst case scenario, but the longest case scenario. Because a full-length memoir... Um, could be up to 85,000 words. Um, a typical business book may not be that long. Um, and because you want to, you, you want to have the underpinning emotional story with enough physical detail so that you can flesh it out very much like you would flesh out a novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it's true. It's not made up. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, journalism, nonfiction is is true. You can't make up the quotes. You can't. You have to stick to the facts. You have um, to stick to the facts, and so you have to. But the very word tells us how you do that. It's called a memoir because you're remembering, <laughs> and um, all that the genre requires is that a good faith effort to remember. So um, we don't have to remember exactly what you said to someone, to your mother when you were 17, that, or what someone said to you when you were 17, um, the exact words so for us to put it in quotes, but you, you need to be close enough. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's a memoir, it's how you remember it. And, um, and that's important to remember. So I remember taking a class in college where we read one book. It was about the uh, French Revolution and included the diaries of the key players in the French Revolution. We read the first, uh, the first story by, say, Robespierre. We saw his point of view. It was like, okay, this is how the French Revolution happened. And then we read a memoir by one of his opponents and had certain details that Robespierre left out and a uh, different point of view. And then there was a third character who also we read his memoir. It's like, oh, there's a third point of view, too. And it was a very good class. It was obviously a, his, a history class. And it, it showed us that the winners write the history. And they interpret it differently based on their own point of view and their own, what they're trying to to accomplish. So it's yeah, interesting to Because hear. memory is selective, yes. uh, mm-hmm. Dan. Memory yeah. is selective. You can't, um, uh, you know, someone looking back 20 years, exactly what happened is going to remember the important things to them. And um, that's all that really, we, the best we can do in a memoir. 
Uh, some of the ways we can get around that, though, uh, and bring some exactness to it is is interview other key players. Uh, mm-hmm. I've done that often, and now you have conflicting points of view. So you try to you try to merge them. You try to find out. You realize that people have different points of view of how something happened. Definitely. Two people, a brother and sister, can grow up in the same house, have the same experiences with their parents, and see it exactly opposite. Hmm. That, that, there's a memoir written about that. It's called Running with Scissors. <laughs> the way the protagonist remembered his early life is very different from the way his sister and his parents remembered his early life. Definitely. So um, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a CEO, if you remember this is the way it happened, then that's the story you want to tell. Right. Now, it, it sounds like, a, a, tell us about some of your clients. We don't need to know their names in particular, but I'm just curious. Are these self-publishing clients or are these clients who have contracts with traditional publishers? Um, we always try to get a traditional publisher, and uh, depending on the, the reach of, of the client, um, you know, Getting a, a traditional publisher for a memoir depends on three things. Mm-hmm. It has to be really well written. Um, you have to have some type of platform, some type of, of name recognition. And um, you have to have a really good book proposal to, to sell it. So um, uh, platform gets less important if the writing is overwhelmingly positive and good. But there has to be something there. Does the, does the person do public speaking? Um, how, how entrenched are they in their industry? Mm-hmm. How promotable are they? So those are the types of things. And sometimes we're very successful, um, and sometimes we're not. And so today, using a hybrid publisher, which quote-unquote is self-publishing. Mm-hmm. But the hybrid publishing today, you know, where uh, an individual invests in the book, but it looks exactly like a traditional book but pays out twice as much, uh, is very profitable for some people. And they have the resource to promote it. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad mm-hmm. is an example of that. He's completely self-published. Probably sold three million copies of that book. Uh, he promotes it wildly, um, and uh, who's to say that was the wrong choice? Mm-hmm. Sure. For him, it was the right choice. Okay. Now, w- which comes first if you're trying to get a, a traditional book deal, uh, the book or the proposal? Uh, absolutely, the proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can't sell a book without a book proposal. And a book proposal is a uh, it's a marketing document that literary agents will look at first and say yes this is this is this is doable. It has uh, about a half a dozen key components, um, you know, which includes the platform, how how you propose to market the book. Um, but in doing a, a a memoir, book proposals are really really good and vital for um, self help books. Um, expert books. For the memoir, I would advise writing it first because so. what's so important about a memoir is the voice. The voice is the hardest part 
of, of a memoir, getting it so that it's really readable, it's interesting, and sometimes that takes um, getting into the book to get the voice right. So um, I've had more success completing the memoir than doing the proposal uh, than selling the book with a what they call a prescriptive um, nonfiction book, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists, um, uh, professionals that have a, a, a platform. The, uh, you can go right to the book proposal um, if they have a significant platform. Um, but again, today, you don't have to have a best-selling book to make money. You just need to be dominant in your niche. Hmm. If you are a drug and rehab counselor, um, you don't have to have everybody in the world read your book or be on the New York Times bestsellers to make money. You just need to find your niche and promote it to them. People who could use your book, people who could learn from your book, other counselors, um, that type of of, um, CPA doesn't need uh, someone, an investment counselor, um, doesn't need to be on the New York Times bestseller list to make money. They just need to go to people that have money. And today, with the Internet, you can you can find those people. Exactly. We call that the big business card book where we write a book, and that's what I specialize in, You know, a book that gets shows people that they get to know, like, and trust you. They see you as the leader who can take them from mess to success because you've done it with other people, just like them. And you've shown it and proven it with case studies and stories. And I guess it comes down to liking the voice that you have in the book as well, so they feel like they know you. Um, One final question about voice before we wrap up. How do you find the voice? Uh, What tips do you have? It's obviously very difficult because it takes the whole book to write it, but what quick tips well, would you have for finding a voice? Hopefully you, you find the, the client's voice um, well before the end of the book, mm-hmm. but you, you, you generally have to do some writing and get to know the, 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 uh, the author. You know, I'm the writer. Uh, the, the person is the author. Um, the way I like to explain it is um, it's, it's a combination of their personality, the words they use. Some people are incredibly humorous. Well, I wouldn't write a drop-dead serious book to someone who's, who's incredibly humorous. And how would I know that? Well, we've, we've, we've talked, you know. And uh, uh, I, I learned that the hard way. I was working with a very accomplished uh, female CEO and... Um, she asked me to do some pieces. I did those for her. I used humorous. And, I, you know, she called me up, and her words to me were, John, I don't use humor like that. Hmm. Just write it straight. So are you talking to a straight person who just wants to get right to the point? Are you talking to someone who uses humor? Are you talking to someone who uses big words? Are you talking about... So these are things that you only find out as you, as you work with a client. And, um, and then it's a combination of my skill, bringing some literary finesse to it, because most authors have never written before. So for them to, to think 
that their spoken voice would be their written voice is, is very naive. It's just not the way it works. Um, the written word processes different in our brain than the spoken word. And it's got to have a pleasurable sentence structure to it. Um, it's got to have, you know, a pleasurable pace. It's got to have all the things that go into it from a literary perspective. So it's a combination of what they bring to the story and a combination of what I can do to recreate that on the page. That's how I see it. Excellent advice. John, thank you for being our guest today. Why don't you tell people uh, who your typical client is and how they can get in touch with you? Sure. My typical client is um, anyone who has an interesting story, personal, business, uh, or otherwise, that uh, wants to reach a wider audience. Uh, you can find my website at johndsimone.com, J-O-H-N-E-E-S-I-M-O-N-E.com. My phone number and email are on there. Be glad to talk to anyone about their project and see if I can help them. Fantastic. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.